I know that everybody's been looking for something fun to do that is social distance. Um, but I think that skateboarding and getting on wheels is probably one of the best things that has happened to my quarantine life. Visit PropperNAR, that's P-R-O-P-E-R-G-N-A-R.com and save 10% when you use the code Maggie and get your social distance life, okay? Hi, my name is Maggie and I just happen to be black. Welcome back to the Black Maggie podcast. Today is a special day. Um, We worked on having the round table, but what we ended up having is kind of a segmented circle of experts, so to speak. A circle can be two people if they hold hands, right? So uh, (laughs) today we have Dr. Letitia A. Bates and we have Dr. Michaela Peavy, they are back. Uh, I'm, I, I am just really glad, first of all, that you all agreed to come back and have this conversation. Um, I'm glad that we get a chance to talk about healing this season. I feel like last year, this podcast was kind of birthed out of the adversity and the the craziness that we were living in at the time, and it kind of gave everybody something else to do and something else to think about. And I don't want to ignore what we survived. Right. So this season is all about healing. You all will see on some or hear on some of my solo uh, episodes, some of my mess. (laughs) So (laughs) I really want the listeners to understand that um, when we talk about healing and we talk about these things that for me, I am not standing in this space as any level of an expert. I'm standing in this space as a person that understands that it is a necessary part of life um, because we we have to heal through the things that we go through in order for us to be able to continue and do new things um, and have new experiences and not be stuck in what has transpired. And so um, it's not easy. And so if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, Lord, we about to. Yeah, that's I'm, I, I'm there with you. I feel like that, too. Um, but I'm committed to us growing because that's what we that, that's what we said in the beginning. I'm committed to us growing. So welcome, doctors. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to hire you to introduce me everywhere I go. <laughs> Look. That can be arranged <laughs> for a small oh, fee <laughs> for for the low low price, right? I um, <laughs> I really so let's start with this with this first. Um, let's acknowledge kind of Rona and racism and the impact of being stuck in the house for those of us that were not living like we had the cure right? The the impact of being stuck in the house, the impact of um, trying to mother through the pandemic. I, I, I'll do a round table. I'm going to start with Dr. Bates. Can you just kind of check in and just give me your download on mothering through the pandemic? Because I know you were living in a similar situation to mine. I'm saying word like we, we passed it. I was about to say, we ain't got free yet. I'm trying <laughs> to speak us out of it, right? That's <laughs> us free. We ain't there yet, honey. <laughs> Baby, it has been an experience that will teach you how to pivot. 
Um, I am a type A person in every aspect of my life, including parenting, which means that we are a very organized, were a very organized, rule-oriented, scheduled family. Um, We don't do none of that stuff no more because a pandemic just makes you reflect on what things are important and what things are absolutely necessary and what things sort of you can let go of and still do a good job parenting and still do a good job being a good person. Mm-hmm. And it's okay, you know, to sort of just let those things go. I mean, it's we're talking about healing today, letting all those rules go because they were arbitrary and we made them. And at the time we made them, we had good reasons, but those rules don't serve us anymore. So we're letting go of things that don't serve us. Amen to that. Dr. Peavy. So I think I'm the opposite of my sister because this was like exciting for me, right? Like I've literally, working in the hospital, I feel like I've always, I need a break. I need a break Mm. from go into work every day. And, you know, my job on a day-to-day basis is helping other people heal and get through their situations from a mental perspective. And so having this time away has been refreshing for me. Mm. It's it's been so refreshing to not have to get up and put on a face, right? Um, And I'm not talking about a makeup face. I'm talking about a face, a corporate America face, right? (laughs) Um, so it's been refreshing for me to say the least. And I can honestly say that I've loved being at home. I have loved being at home, being able to spend more time with Avery, being able to spend more time with my husband. I've enjoyed that. I have really, really enjoyed that because, um, I'm 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 reflecting on the fact that my son is not a baby anymore, right? And yeah. I'm sure y'all have seen my Facebook post where I'm like an emotional mess at the fact that he's five. Mm-hmm. And so taking this time because I've been a full working mom since he was born, we didn't have a lot of this time before, right? Like mommy was always at work. And so having to work from home and being able to be here when he gets out of daycare and picking him up from daycare and those kind of things that other parents was like, Ooh, I'm so glad I ain't got to do that no more. I'm, I'm grateful that I'm actually getting to do those things because those were things that I never got to do before riding home from daycare, asking him how his day was and things like that. So, um, so my experience has been totally different than probably most people during the pandemic it's good to have that balance though because you wonder like how are people feeling how are we feeling like we've all got semi-small ones right Mm -hmm. Uh, you know what I mean and so it's just like what's that like I know that watching my son move from two to three has been interesting to say the least and um it's the stunts that he pulls you know what I'm saying (laughs) that I'm just like I probably would have missed those like developmental changes Mm -hmm. a little piece of how Dr. PV is feeling but then I'm also like Lord somebody come get me (laughs) out of this house you know what I mean so it's it's balance um I'm glad that you brought up putting on a face uh a corporate America face, right? Even in academia, I'm sure that it's, it's the same. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this summer, 
I feel like a lot of us got extra assignments when it came to um, speaking on, well, maybe not extra. Well, yeah, still extra. Cause I'm thinking about you, Dr. Bates, this is what you do all day anyway. Right. But we had the, the call calls on definitely you. increased. The calls definitely increased. Yes. And it's just like, you know, trying to figure out how to be, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say how to make sure that your value in what it is that you bring to your day job is not overshadowed or diminished by the work that you do in social justice space. If social justice is not your day job. Right. Mm. Um, I'll start with you, Dr. PV. Like, what, do you feel like you had more to do this summer um, when it came to everything that happened with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor um, and Ahmaud Arbery and, and the, civil unrest that unfolded afterwards did you feel like you had more more work to do or was it like what was it like for you there was definitely more work because um probably about six months before uh the civil unrest really started um was the first time my job had ever developed a diversity and inclusion committee and um for those who don't know we've been in existence for about 11 years 12 11 or 12 years um but up until the civil unrest started happening their focus was on gender equality and so we were doing a lot of push for um you know gender neutral bathrooms and changing changing the culture to be more inclusive to binary and non-binary um gender um, gender identities. And so that had been the push. And mm-hmm. so once the civil unrest really started, that was when it was like, oh, what do our Black people who work here think, right? Um, you know, I work in an organization that is truly predominantly white. And so there, I could probably count on one, maybe two hands, how many of us um, are out there. Mm-hmm. And so, um so definitely there was a lot more work and a lot more of that. Let's ask the black people what they think. Let's ask the black people what we should be doing. And so for, for some of it, it was good, right? Because it finally got their attention to say, okay, look, this is something that you've been lacking in for some time now. It shouldn't have taken this, but I'm so glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where you should know better. Like, this shouldn't even have to be a conversation, right? Like, mm-hmm. we shouldn't even have to be asking our Black coworkers and peers, like, what should we be doing? Um, and so it was just, it was crazy. So um, our our diversity and inclusion chairs were both white females. Um, and that was that. Was that. That, that was that. And so I charged them to diversify the chairs, right? Because I'm like, this doesn't speak diversity. How are you going to get other people to join into this effort when the two chairs of this council are white females? And so I was challenged with, well, one of them is gay and, and she's okay. But on the outside though, what do we see? We see two white women who are chairing a committee and a council about diversity and inclusion. 
we got to be smarter than that. Like we have to be a little bit better than that. So I was asked to co-chair and I stepped into that role. Um, and one of the first things I did was made them have a movie night um, with um, the committee council and anyone who wanted to come in from the organization. And we watched, I can't think of the name of the movie, but I'm sure y'all have seen it. Um, it's the movie with Carrie Washington um, and her son gets murdered by mm. the cop. I've not so, watched it. I've protected my peace. I've yeah. not watched it. You've not watched. I would encourage you to watch it if you if you have the strength, right? Um, but I challenged them to watch it, especially because of what was going on at the time. Um, it was important for me that they see exactly what happened in that movie because I had seen it before this happened or before we watched it as an organization, and the amount of uneasiness and lack of knowledge on their part from watching that and the and just the the ignorance of this is a a black person's real life right Mm -hmm. it it was mind-blowing to me it was really mind-blowing um and I was really disappointed because there wasn't as much of a crowd as I would have liked, but there was an impact, right? I mean, it still impacted the the few that were there, but um, to get back to your original question, it was things like that that set the tone for, we need to change the conversation. Diversity and inclusion is more than just being gender inclusive, right? This is about being racially inclusive. You know, how are we recruiting more diverse employees right and even though we say we that how are we really doing that are we being intentional and going into you know schools and um you know work areas where there are a more diverse population because let's face it we're not you know and we have to face the reality at least for our organization that our reputation precedes us that we are for the rich white affluent and that that's all that work here is the rich white affluent and so i've charged them to to let's see what we can do in the community to change that right mm-hmm. what are we going to do to change that have we participated in the black family and parade have we gone to any health fairs and, and participated in health fairs in African-American communities? Mm-hmm. No, we haven't. So why haven't we? And, and what do we need to do to make that change? So definitely I would say there's been more work, um, mm-hmm. but they, they still have so far to go. So far to go. Yeah. So Dr. Bates, as we all gathered around our phones to call you to death. <laughs> 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 and gather our uh, respective co-workers and help them understand um, kind of what was going on. What I, I will, what was the vibe check among your peers that are also doing that work? Well, that is a great question. I think mm-hmm. part of the conversations that we were having amongst ourselves, particularly my Black equity leader peers, Mm-hmm. was just checking in on each other because we understood sort of the emotional toll, you know, as we're talking about healing, mm-hmm. um, those of us who do this equity work really have to be intentional about having space for our own healing. Mm-hmm. 
Because as you pointed out, when folks are trying to work through this and have conversations, people want to have courageous conversations, create braver, safer spaces. You know, I'm the one that they're calling in, right? And even in those spaces, I am potentially introducing myself to trauma because everybody in the organization doesn't necessarily want to come along. Maybe the organizers who invited me into the space want to come along and move the organization along, but not necessarily everybody in the organization. And so by virtue of what we do, we are sort of double traumatized in a way um, in that we're seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing and experiencing Mm -hmm. and downloading that into our spirits uh, and then trying to help undo the things that people are seeing, but still exposing ourselves to more of that, right? Because right. then people in some of these meetings would say, but he did have a counterfeit 20. Um, and then you go, is death a sentence for a counterfeit bill? Right. Because I'm pretty sure your ancestors invented that, but I digress, <laughs> you know? Um, well, this is why it needs to be video. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what it is. It's us sort of just holding each other up, giving Mm -hmm. each other space to have that grieving and that healing and to say those things in private spaces Mm -hmm. that really speak to how we feel that would be unprofessional Mm -hmm. for us to say them in the same way in those private spaces. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. I still got to feed my kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I am unapologetically black and unapologetically anything that is about anti-racism and against anything that's about being anti-black, put a capital on my black when you talk about me. Um, I still have to be thinking very strategically and intentional mm-hmm about how I am showing up in these spaces. And mm-hmm. that is traumatic. Yes. That is- Come on. Uh, can we just talk about that? Yeah. Because yeah. that's we the piece. Talk- that's the piece. So I'm going to tell a little bit of my business. Um, I was asked to share my thoughts in a mostly a semi-public space, right? Not outward facing, not the whole thing. But there's a portion of it that I shared that like I I intentionally stopped code switching. First of all, my vocabulary of my everyday among my friends is extensive anyway. Mm -hmm. And so if I feel like I want to say finna, I'm finna say finna. All the time. Every day. Right? But I think because I was in a space where it's like, well, we have a tight amount of time. And you all know that I edit when I talk, that I just said it very plainly, right? Like I, that person that I that I was used to create to show up in particular spaces went to the same school that I went to, the same person. So then they're qualified with all the ain'ts and finnas. Okay. Right. That's right. Um and it turned into a thing where I feel like I was misunderstood. And I don't, and I can't, ex- I can't really describe that heat of being at work and feeling like there's some people that are like, oh yeah, I totally understood what you said. And then there's other people that are like, but 
but that's just language, right? You know what I mean? Or like trying to like undo what I said. I'm like, no, I said, I said what I said because I know that I used to make a whole nother person just to be mm-hmm. here. I'm intentional that I'm Black Maggie in these spaces because everywhere else I had been, I'm Margaret Allen. You are hearing me? And those were used to be two distinctive personalities. I know what I'm saying. But, but then the I healing think that- and making them one. That that's a healing moment right there. Exactly. That's a healing moment. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to just tell me that that is just language because there are entire people who have made a career studying linguistics. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you want me to think that my African-American vernacular English is ghetto, Mm -hmm. but I bet you that you cannot decode its syntax. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because it is a very complex language mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what you're not gonna do mm-hmm. and i use that double negative right there because mm-hmm. that is how the language works mm-hmm. what you're not gonna do is try to belittle my language that i find comfort and healing in yes right uh-huh. right it yeah i i i love being here because i feel like i can sort of just go and talk and it's one of the reasons why anytime black maggie calls i'm like girl what time you need me <laughs> you know because it is liberating this right here this is healing right like mm-hmm. being able to to be here with my sisters and to have this vulnerable very frank dialogue about like how this time has progressed and forced us to really confront things Mm-hmm. but heal in the motions of confronting them. One of the things yes. I've been confronting lately is like, I'm not going to pretzel myself, right? I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. Yep. And in these spaces, we're trying to be so inclusive and politically correct that you end up losing yourself. I was having this whole conversation with someone the other day about people of color versus black people. And it's like, I stand with my family of color, but I am mm-hmm. a black woman. And so mm-hmm. please don't reduce me to an acronym. Mm-hmm. I am not a BIPOC. When I first saw that, which was after this summer, I was thoroughly confused. I was like, what is, what does this mean? We need video because y'all should see my face. I know. This is why we need, vi- eventually, when we come out of quarantine. Season you three. Know. Season three. <laughs> but I'm just like, when did that happen? Because because what it feels like, what I think that the takeaway that I want for us to have by the end of this season is that we all walk away from it feeling like we don't have to, um, that we're enough, right? We Mm -hmm. feel like we're enough and that we don't have to create um, uh, another person to show up in particular space. Now that doesn't mean mm-hmm. don't be smart about knowing where you are and your audience and all that. Yeah, feed your family. Yeah, that feed your family. knowing feed your, your audience and not that's language, right? But yeah. if you finna, if you want to say finna, say finna. <laughs> you hear what I mean? True, true. But bigger than that, being able to acknowledge that this, uh, I'm strong. And I can just endure and, and my ancestors and because of them, then I shall. It, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. But I, I I look at it like this. When, when one of my grandmothers went to the Lord, she went without her mind. Okay. Mm. And the other went without kidneys and, and a little piece of her mind. And I'm like, and I know that strong 
probably had a whole lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. whole lot. Because you're not going to tell me, you know, people that, that exercise, as they used to say, <laughs> you know, exercise mm-hmm. and eat their vegetables. That's not enough. That that thing that we do is like, you know, uh, over this quarantine, um, I've shared on my Instagram, I've lost weight. But even in that, I still don't feel healthy because mm-hmm. I am stressed yeah. molotti, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I am... Come on, that workout that I do in the morning is necessary in mm-hmm. order for me to function because if I don't do it, all the rest of the stuff that boils up when I get mad as hell because I can't, I live in a house full of men and a dog, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I live in a house full of men and a dog that I, I don't even understand her sometimes. Don't talk but it's bad just, about you. Come on. Like, she works <laughs> against me on some days. <laughs> this we all we got. What you doing to me? But it's just like, <laughs> that stuff, those chemicals, I know I'm not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. And so then if I don't get up and do that, all those chemicals that needed to, to get out of my body through sleep are stuck. Mm-hmm. And so that's necessary. But I want us to get to the end of this season with a clear understanding of what it takes for us to survive and for us to unapologetically uh, take ownership of those things, right? And prioritize them. Because mm-hmm. I know for a fact, let's see, let, just just us on the phone. Let's see, we went through um, at least three election cycles and I'm talking chapter international organization plus the political right we Mm -hmm. went through three election cycles active with stuff to do right Mm -hmm. still even though we couldn't see each other we figured out how to meet at conferences we figured out how to you know carry out positions took on new positions Mm -hmm. i think all of us got a promotion this i feel like Mm -hmm. that yeah Mm -hmm. everybody Mm -hmm. went through a promotion everybody got new positions and that usually takes time to adjust and it's just like Mm -hmm. we've been going and i'm proud of us but i also want to make sure that we don't minimize how traumatic (laughs) all of those rapid changes can be and remember Mm -hmm. to take care of ourselves and validate one another's feelings like no you're not tripping Mm -hmm. that is a lot Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah yeah. I, so what do y'all do? Like, what do y'all do? I I, I am a, a good fan of a good shower cry. I actually Boy. introduced my, um, my eight-year-old to a shower cry, and she thought the idea was absolutely ridiculous. And so mm-hmm. our kids are stressed out, too, and they need coping and healing mechanisms. And I have an yes. eight-year-old daughter who has a four-year-old sister that idolizes her. And what that amounts to is that my eight-year-old don't get no space and she'd be stressed out. And she was just so stressed out and she was just frustrated. And I said, you need a good shower cry. And she said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, sis, come here. Let me tell you a black woman's secret. Mm -hmm. And I talked to her about the shower cry and I told her, just turn it on as hot as you can and just get you Mm -hmm. a good cry. Mm -hmm. And she was shocked because she was like, she didn't know that that was a thing that I did. Mm-hmm. And now she goes and has hers a shower cry. And she will even ask me some days, Mommy, do you need a shower cry? Girl, mm-hmm. thanks for noticing. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is healing in a shower cry. Come there on. is 
feeling in a shower cry. Mm-hmm. It's something about letting that water fall on you as your tears come down your face and you pour out your whole being in that shower. Mm-hmm. All of that emotion go down the drain. It's something yeah. about it's yeah. it's just yeah. something about that. Yeah. And don't even go into praise and worship in the midst of that, right? Because yeah. I've done that. Okay, because what I'm going through, I'm crying and then I'm like, okay, but thank you, Lord, that I still have my right mind. And then don't let me really get to focusing on that. And then now I done turned into a whole praise and worship. Come on. Situation. Because and ain't no ushers in the bathroom. So you better not fall out, baby, because that's my number one fear. <laughs> what I was that bad and was going to take me out. I'm standing here like, but I still got my mind. So mm-hmm. really while I was stressing and I came in here to cry because I was frustrated, I needed to just be given praise because mm-hmm. I still got Listen. my mind. Listen. Come on. I knew Listen. I was going crazy. Do you Listen. know how powerful it is to be like, oh, I know I'm going crazy uh-huh. right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To be able to call uh-huh. it out uh-huh. before it takes you over. We ain't uh-huh. about on this. Yeah, we might. Y'all just mm-hmm. gonna have to meet Turn that right. side yeah. too. <laughs> Listen, because you know I got a whole praise and testimony, and this is what I do know. Mm-hmm. I do know that at least for those of us here on this line, the three of mm-hmm. us, that walking up to this pandemic, we had been tried and tested for the fire. Come on say a word and so i am proud of us and for all of us you know out here in black maggie podcast land who have survived i challenge you to think about how you had been prepared and somewhat tried and tested as you were walking up to this pandemic and it blows my mind because for some people 2020 wasn't even their worst year Oh, come on. Hi, I'm people. <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to 2004. A- okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. What even the worst? She- come on. What even the worst this. year? Ooh, okay. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So talk about healing and sort of the reconciliation that we deserve to heal. Mm-hmm. Because that is a thing right like this mm-hmm. that's on my chest what's that sister's name she's in the she's in uh congress she had on that fly blue suit every <sighs> zeta in the world was like googling <laughs> her suit because we were like and she, i believe she's a member of delta sigma theta sorority mm-hmm. incorporated shout out to our sister greeks um every zeta in the world was like hey deltas ask y'all sister where she got that pantsuit from okay and then I saw this one picture of her and I immediately was mad. I think I might've even cussed because somebody then took and put the Superman symbol on sis chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why y'all always got to do that to us? Yeah. We, we deserve to heal. Mm-hmm. But can we talk about in that same vein though, why it is that everyone is talking about Black women saved this country as well, if it I'm... was our responsibility to save the country. Don't get me wrong. I'm so glad we came out in numbers and we mm-hmm. did the Hashtag fact. Get me, Hashtag r- fact. get me wrong. Right. But 
fact that y'all had to depend on us to do a thing that really should have been a collective thing because it made sense. But like, right? didn't even really listen to us for real though. Like I'm but for real thing. Cognitive about to, dissonance, right? Like I'm about to say a thing. Go say a thing, sis. Because it comes all the way back to the beginning of our relationship with this system. Come Not on, this country, yeah. but this system. Yeah. Because it, it's us, even in in the UK. It's us in the islands. It's us, it, it, even in Brazil. Yeah. When we were introduced into this system. It depended on us completely yep. for its right. products, okay? Right. Yeah, yeah. For the for its labor. That's right. It depended yeah. on us to produce more labor. Right. To feed and the so children. They, come on mm-hmm. to feed mm-hmm. the children that did not come from us so that they didn't fall out and die. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It has depended on us, this system so from true. the beginning. Yeah. And so then I am even glad. Shout out to Aunt Jemima for finally getting a break. Okay. And they and they now and now it's the meal. Okay. Because because when you think about it, it had been the meal the whole time, but because feeding you, okay, system (laughs) and and making sure that your children are provided for system. Okay. Has been the the natural association. And I feel like when they let her free, come on. We got a little bit more free with it. That's right. And but but Black Maggie, Mm -hmm. it's simply just the picture on a box. Come on. Come (laughs) on. No, this is what people are saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, no, I know. This is, I know. This is the, this is the, mm-hmm. the commentary, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so this is also connected to why we can't heal. <laughs> we, the collective mm-hmm. people of this country, mm-hmm. is yeah. because we refuse to understand how everything that we are doing is informed by the past. Yes. It is not a mistake that she had that head wrap on her head. <sighs> not it's at not all. That she was a plump, maybe almost even slovenly looking character mm-hmm. with a big old Kool Aid grin on her face, mm-hmm. even with the mm-hmm. racism steeped in that mm-hmm. one sort of colloquial phrase there as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so mm-hmm. while to you it may just be a picture, to me it is an emblem of my big mama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of my big mama's big mama, mm-hmm. right? But, they, but even in that, they had the nerve to her for her to evolve to a side part under. So then she was auntie, right? She went from big mama, and 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 every time they tried to morph her, like, oh well, let's make her a more acceptable. And then it was like, no, but you still got my auntie at work. And what yeah. I'm saying is, she don't belong to you. Come on, she don't belong to you. I one and then two put your auntie to work where where your auntie at don't make good pancakes sis come on (laughs) come on but let's talk about can we just talk about imagery in and of itself yes because i was so livid a couple days ago and i might have even shared this with you black maggie i saw it on instagram um about to say i'm about to get so mad the Valentine's Day cards that ran around the police station. 
Yes. With George Floyd's picture on there. Yes. With the words, yep. you take my breath away. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am now livid because I don't even know what you was talking about, girl. I thought you were talking about that UN graphic with the black no. lady hugging herself while everybody else got some love. Okay. No. Pause. We're going to talk about that later. Lord. We'll, we'll catch that one. But there, the the police department with the officers that were involved in his death passed around Valentine's Day cards with his picture on them that said, you take my breath away. So then, so then let's speak to the system one more time. Yeah. The system that breeds these people that take oh, on these jobs, right? Again, steeped in the that relationship, right? Um, when you look at the way that the I'm gonna say the I'm gonna say good old boys, but I'm I'm what I'm saying is the machismo, the everything is a joke, nothing is serious. <laughs> Just put your head down, ignore what's, you know, what's yeah. how people feel about things and just pretend that, you know, you can joke about everything mm-hmm. that is there by design so that people that are in those military and paramilitary outfits never have to address and deal with mm-hmm. the daily traumas of what it is that they expose mm-hmm. themselves to and, and have human responses. That's designed so that they do not have human response because the natural human response is compassion. Oh, but when you, but when you work it out, because everything can be laughed at and everything is funny and everything is a joke. Well, then you just, I'm going to tell you, because I don't like talking. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I, I'm hot. (laughs) I'm 38 hot. So I'm, I'm a peel it. I'm a peel it back and I'm, I'm, but I'm going to relate it. My father when he was in the fire department is a completely different human being than Mm. him in these last two years. Partly because now he's a grandfather and and retired, but mostly because he's not exposed on a regular basis to the system that says nothing is serious and everything is funny. And you can, you know what I mean? And and something crazy and traumatic happens or laugh it off and put your head down and go back into the trauma tomorrow. Yeah. Completely different person. It's just the, it's just the minimization of the imagery, right? Like even to what Dr. Bates was saying, like about the whole ancient mama thing, like Mm -hmm. it's just a picture on a box. Like, why is it so serious to you? Right. Like, why is that such a big deal to you? And, and similar response to this picture, like, oh, it was just a Valentine's Day card. Not, again, not addressing the trauma that is associated with that. Like, we haven't even had a chance to heal from the incident itself. Right. Mm -hmm. We as a, as a community, as a culture, we haven't even had a chance to properly heal. Mm -hmm. And let me even go back and say, we haven't even had a chance to process Mm -hmm. that event, right? Because nothing about that makes sense. Nothing about that makes sense. And in order to process something, it's got to make sense to you. Mm -hmm. So we can't even process that because it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So we can't process, which means we can't heal. So for you to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For I you to do that. Ago, I said a minute ago, 
and I want to say it again, because Dr. PB, I think this is it though, right? Like we deserve to heal. Mm-hmm. But if you don't see me as human, you don't value my healing because in your yeah. eyes, I don't that's, deserve it. That's true. And that's so true. we have to tell ourselves that we deserve to heal and we have to do that by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. In this here Black History Month, I made a declaration that I was not going to expose myself to Black trauma and I was only going to enjoy Black joy. Yep. Um, I have an almost 13 year old um, who is pretty woke for his age because he pays attention to what his mother does. Mm-hmm. And so my husband is like, we should let him watch Roots. And I was like, in March? Because we're not doing that this month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not, we not doing that this month. Mm-hmm. We're not, like, if it's not about Black joy, mm-hmm. I if it does not serve me, I am letting it go. Mm-hmm. And Black trauma and re-traumatizing ourselves, mm-hmm. I am letting it, I am not, I'm no longer participating in these forums where people want us to talk about our pain. Mm -hmm. You will not commodify and sensationalize my pain. That does not serve me, right? Mm -hmm. Re-traumatizing myself, asking my children to participate in venues, to talk about their experiences in their all-white schools over and over again. Who does that serve? That serves the white gaze. These people Mm -hmm. know what they are doing to us. Mm -hmm. Why do we think Mm -hmm. by repeating it over and over again, it is going to change something? If it does not serve me, I am choosing my healing by letting it go. Black trauma does not serve me. I am letting it go. When I tell you I made that commitment in 2019 and then Queen and Slim happened and I was so mad. I haven't seen it. I Don't. haven't seen it either. I Don't. haven't seen it. And I say that with all due respect. I mean, you know, buy it because, you know, support black yeah, creators. Absolutely, absolutely. But don't watch that because you don't need that in your brain. <laughs> and I and when I tell you from from watching that all the way through it feels like it was the invitation for the energy of more black trauma mm. now that's a lot of weight to put on a piece of art but i feel like art is powerful and mm-hmm. and that um imagery affected me deeply and yeah. i feel like it was the beginning of the journey because i'm like 20 because all the years prior i mean Going as far back as you can remember, there had been something going on that it was just like, mm-hmm. you know what? I need a break. Mm-hmm. And so 2019 hit and I was like, nah, I'm just, I'm not going to watch stuff. And for whatever reason, my mind didn't receive, <laughs> you know, the the trailer, like this is about to be, mm-mm-mm. Yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think that I had, I held out hope that somebody's gonna tell a love story somebody's gonna tell a you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's something in, mm-hmm. and it made me not watch the photograph which is hilarious because i'm like well that's exactly what that's, that's exactly what that is. Like, that's probably one of the better love stories because exactly. Sylvie's love really was good. not a love story mm-hmm. uh 
Malcolm and Marie, though no. I enjoyed it, it was complex. It was not a love story. No. Like, mm-hmm. I think the photograph was the last okay. love story we got. But I was so yeah. scared. Yeah. I was so afraid to re-expose myself that I was just like, I'm not going to watch it. And it took the quarantine and me running through all of my Netflix to be like, well... <laughs> <laughs> What they got over at HBO, you know, yeah. and then I and then I stumbled upon it because that cute little skinny black boy was in it. If my husband hears this, Same. shout out to you, Bay. I love you forever and ever. <laughs> um, that's the only reason why I really want to go see it. But I'm gonna tell you, I I, I want to see us in more spaces that um, room for like folly, right? Because yeah. I feel like we've yeah. Come on. Uh, and even yeah. the photograph was complex, right? Even the it photograph was. embedded mm-hmm. in it had this really complex, I don't want to spoil it because I think you shout out, you should go see it. Mm-hmm. Even even the photograph embedded in it had this sort of triggering depending on where you sit in mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Backstory to it. It did. Yeah. But I'm like, but but in the end, do we win? That's my yeah. limit. No, of, it was win. I can, yeah, it I'm was like, win. Do it we win. win in the end? Okay, I can yeah. do it. Yeah, no, it was win. It was. I win. was. I was uh, listening to the "Here's the Thing" podcast that kept on stage and um, that chick Angel, and they were talking about basically room for joy, right? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. having room to not be heavy and like for us to like we don't even get a chance to be like you know, whimsical creatures yeah. and things yeah. like that. We don't get a chance mm-hmm. to do any of those things because every time, you know, Black History Month comes around, now we got to get educated at, at every movie we watch. Now, yeah. Dr. Bates, do you plan on watching? No. Okay. Judas and the Black Messiah? You already know. Absolutely not. But I will say this. Mm-hmm. My social location of my upbringing impacts my lack of desire to watch that. I grew up on the South side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a school where we learned about the beauty of chairman Fred's activism and mm-hmm. chairman Fred's life. I mean, I feel myself getting warm and sort of emotional, even as I say his name, mm-hmm. because Chairman Fred has always been a part of my Black History Month, mm-hmm. right? And I was really excited when I heard the movie was coming out. Even my sociology brain didn't click that it said like Judas, like Judas was the first word yeah. in, in the title, right? Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't connect it because I was just so excited that they were going to make a movie about one of my idols, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to sort of draw us too far away from our conversation, but Mm -hmm. Chairman Fred was dangerous. Mm -hmm. And he was dangerous because he was a charismatic, prolific Negro Mm -hmm. who understood how to get poor white folks and poor black folks to understand that their enemy was capitalism in the system. Mm -hmm. Do y'all know what he was going to do? Right? And so... My learnings of Chairman Fred, that's what I want to hold on to. I don't want to hold on to that Hollywood version of his death. And I also think that it is so complicated. Even Mm -hmm. the accomplice to his assassination has a beautiful, complicated story that we need to know more about because what he did was messed up. 
But we need to understand the system in which he felt like that was his only choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I, I just, I refuse as a child of the South side of Chicago, mm-hmm. chairman Fred is a part of my history. My children know who chairman Fred are because we study chairman Fred as small children. And because they go to an all white school, predominantly white school, I understand they're not going to ever hear his name. And so mm-hmm. we're intentional about making sure they hear those names. I don't want to watch a movie about his downfall. Yep. Mm-hmm. His life was so much more than why he died. His life was so much more than him being sort of this tough guy in front of the gangbangers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. We could have a whole podcast on my I know. I really, I really wanted to get your opinion on that because I, I knew it, but I wanted to make sure that my listeners got a chance to hear it. I, I have it. promised, though, that I'm going to turn it on and leave the room. Yeah, so that it can, the, it can get the plays mm-hmm. because it's important to continue to have black stories told, whether we agree or disagree with the way that they're being told. Yep. Um, now more people will know who Chairman Fred was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's important. I think yep. that's important. And it, I think the movie humanizes him too, right? Like I think for some white people who are afraid when they hear the word Black Panthers, when you see that movie, um, my understanding from people who have seen it is you see this deeply compassionate human in Mm -hmm. Chairman Fred, um, who was sort of ahead of his time, Mm -hmm. um, that maybe in a different time would have had a different ending. And and so I say that's a little bit of a win. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad that you got a chance to express that because I feel like that's still on theme with healing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, The, the... Especially in Black History Month, although this this will not be uh, airing in Black History Month, but it won't be too far from here. <laughs> but, but um, but in this time that we are reflecting on our heroes and our ancestors and all of that, the, even reclaiming their narratives, right? Mm-hmm. Reclaiming the the stories that get recycled and the tellings that have been um, sanitized for you know wide distribution i think that it's important for us to you know take ownership of that as well um so that when they do ask us questions like well do you have any suggestions of people that we should highlight they'll be like yeah (laughs) here's my list you know and here's some quotes that i that i feel like you know you can pull and here's some homework to do so you can you know learn more um but i think that one having an opportunity to to like provide our own opinions on um how people have affected you know the way that our lives are today right what we what we learn about ourselves and how we see ourselves um being able to provide an opinion on that and being able to share the narratives that have been passed through the actual community and not just the stuff that you know has been sanitized it's important yeah y'all we did it (laughs) i feel healed like that just thank y'all sisters thank you i am i'm really excited about the direction of this this season and i struggled with trying to figure out like how am i gonna put this together what is this going to be? And thank God I own it. And nobody was like, girl, if you don't get this done by, you know what I'm saying? 
because <laughs> it's not easy. Um, I'll share with you all a little bit of what um, is on one of my episodes. And I'm like, I was like, I don't even know if I'm even going to put that out. But my husband slash the producer took me to task about myself and was like, like, I hear you and that's cool. And I like that you're busy and you do doing what are you doing for yourself right mm-hmm. mm. and it was just like he gave me assignment oh my god it's it's a lot so i'm looking forward to sharing that um now that i've said it in this one then i have to do it i kind of did that right. to myself mm-hmm. so that i wouldn't just scrap it um shout out to husbands for accountability partners. yes goodness that yeah. that's that's the that's the final conversation that i i kind of want to have um and then we'll close out. But being a wife during quarantine, <laughs> how's that working out? <laughs> right? <laughs> that working out for everybody, Doctor PV. I'll start with you. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so it's a little different, right? Because we we got pregnant in the middle of the pandemic. I can't say middle because it's not like it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, getting pregnant halfway through 2020, um, I would say the first half was certainly better than the, than the last half because this man, Lord, he, look, 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 look. look. <laughs> The Lord must have moved upon him to come near me. His ears <laughs> were burning, as the elders would say. His ears, uh-huh. were burning. his ears were burning. Yeah, so what? <laughs> we are. Sorry. Okay, you talking about me? What happened? It's all good stuff. Go ahead. We. It is gonna, all good stuff. It's fine. Uh, but no, but you, in all seriousness, though, I feel bad for him because this pregnancy has really took me out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wife I was to him in the beginning of the pandemic is not who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he is struggling with that um, for a lot of different reasons beyond the intimacy piece. And beyond that, it's just my mood, my health, all the things. And so it's, it, it's been a challenge. I, I will say that it's, it's definitely been a challenge for us um, these last couple months um, as we near the end of the pregnancy. Um, but I will say, like in the very beginning, it was a, it was joyful because again, we we both were worked outside of the home, and we have actually really gotten to know each other a lot better having this time together at home um some for the good some for the bad in terms of we know now what we need to work on right mm-hmm. um but it was funny I mean because technically we were newlyweds right when the pandemic hit you know we got married um New Year's Day of 2020 and then Rona was around by the end of January what February March mm-hmm. when we first started hearing about Rona so literally we were newlyweds when we got locked away with each other and so it forced us to um to really learn each other um to really have that time to we you can't get away from me so now you got to know who I am right and I got to know who you are um so it's it's been it's been fun it's been but it's also had its challenges as well um but I am grateful I'm grateful for this time we've had because it's I think we'll come out so much stronger Mm -hmm. than than you know than we probably would have ever 
if we had not had this this specific time together where we could not get away from each other. Yeah, right. So I want to save Dr. Bates for the last because you the vet. <laughs> <laughs> right. The real MVP. Okay. But I'm I'm gonna say it, it's been it's been um an education. It has been an education. Um, me and the producer have been together for a decade and some change. Nope. Yeah, a decade and some change. Um, but we didn't say I do until this last year. And in the middle of it, right? In the thick, yeah. like, it was, it was like, okay, this is happening. And we have no idea how this is going to turn out. So then why not have a wedding, right? Mm-hmm. And... um. We have gone through some changes of where like, you know, maybe one would be working from home and, you know, but this time where it was just like both of us working from home, it really made us lock in and mm-hmm. kind of like goal set together mm-hmm. because I don't feel like we had done that before. And it sounds crazy to say like, we we know like, okay, where are we generally trying to go? Okay, there. Yeah. Okay, great. You do you, I'm gonna do me and we gonna get there. All right, see you there. But this, like, that again, that concentrated time, it's like, okay, let's goal set. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, if I get up at 5.30 to go to the gym, then you could probably get up by 6.30 to do what you're going to do, and then I'll be done, so then I can go and take care of the baby, right? And mm-hmm. It's been um, eye-opening when it comes to how much growth I thought I made in uh, – anger management and stress management come on because i have been uh i I, i've 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 seen myself remind myself of the old me and i was like oh snap i ain't grow i just hid (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) i thought i grew Uh -uh. i had been running um so it's been an education dr bates yeah. So my husband and I have been married for almost 14 years mm-hmm. and we have been together for 19 years. Mm-hmm. That is a long time. And what I will say, everybody out there in Black Maggie land, marry your friend. Mm-hmm. Like that is <laughs> so critical because the only way we are making it out of this pandemic mm-hmm. is because that is my friend, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I think that that's such an important distinction because there's a different intimacy to friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not better or worse, just different um, than with your husband or your wife. And our friendship is what has sustained us during this pandemic because mm-hmm. it has been crazy. We... Um, brought a house. Uh, we took a financial, a significant financial hit because a lot of folks don't know, but at the sort of midpoint of this pandemic, my husband's company announced everybody was taking a 10% cut. Um, nobody knew that. And so really we just, we had to sustain each other and that friendship allowed us to do that. I do think us having been together for so long sort of gave us a little bit of an edge in the pandemic because this sort of ebb and flowing, this growing, these things that you guys are talking about, we sort of been 
having them hills and valleys over 19 years, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and we've Mm -hmm. lived together for most of those 19 years. And so we know our rhythm and we know our pattern. um, And we sort of know when a valley is here, how to Mm -hmm. sort of wade through that valley, Mm -hmm. um, which there have been more of them in this confined space because he mad because he at home. I'm mad because I'm at home. The kids mad because they at home. I'm mad at the kids. He mad at me for being mad at the kids. Then he right. mad at the kids. And I'm like, but weren't you just mad at me for being mad at the kids? So now I'm <laughs> mad at you for having been mad at me for being mad at the kids. And so, <laughs> but we're friends. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, that's the thing that sustains us. I don't give a lot of unsolicited marriage advice because everybody got to do them. But mm-hmm. I stand firmly by that one. Marry your friend because even mm-hmm. when we are steaming mad at each other and we're in those valleys, mm-hmm. that fool know if he make me laugh, mm-hmm. he gonna be okay. You know, and that has sustained us. We know our pattern, we know our rhythms, mm-hmm. and we've been mindful of it. And I talk to my friend every day. Yeah, yeah. Marry your friend. Come on, That's y'all. It. That's the advice. Yeah. I tell you. That's true story. Because if me mm-hmm. and the producer were not friends. <laughs> uh, it's easy listen. to pack your husband clothes up, baby. Because like husbands are replaceable, right? In some kind of way. Come on. Yeah. Your friend. Like I think about what it would take to develop the level of friendship that me and my husband have. Mm-hmm. with a new person. Child. What if I got time for that? Mm-hmm. Right. What if I got time for that? That's no. real. That's he real. know all the stories. Uh-huh. He know all the jokes. Uh-huh. He know all the things. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yep. don't nobody got time for that. That friendship is what's sustaining us through this pandemic because it's been, there's been some moments, you know? He's still a mm-hmm. husband. I'm still a wife. We still have Three children mm-hmm. that are all home who have been home for a whole year. Talk about a strain on a marriage. Come on. But what a marriage can't sustain, a friendship can. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yeah. That feels good. That feels good to be like, all right, child. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to thank you for sharing this healing moment. Um with myself with the listeners i appreciate both of you immensely um i am grateful for the work that you both do in the world because child listen (laughs) it's not easy know that we are praying for you rooting for you so when it gets rough um you know just remember that you've got sisters and and some brothers too because there's some men that listen to the podcast that are praying for you, cheering you on, rooting for you, grateful for all that you have shared um, over the last two seasons. And that's it, y'all. This was a long one. I'm glad. It's going to be some music. The producer's going to say something silly. I already know. And I'll catch (laughs) y'all the next time. It's been Black Maggie. Y'all take care.